Playing Guilty, episode 15, Avram Almakis with Climber. I am excited to have this chat with Avram, and there's a very funny backstory to how this all came together. So a couple years ago, Kirk and I, my business partner Kirk, and I had heard that there was a new product about to hit the market. Um, remember the Versa Climber? That dinosaur of a machine, torture device that sat in the back of gyms and, and didn't get much use? Well, what we had heard is that there was a group of people that were looking to better this uh, technology and bring this modality to the masses, the climbing modality. Uh, I had experience with the Versa Climber in the past, and Kirk and I wondered, could this fit into what we are trying to do with Metabolic? Would it fit with our program and the Concept2 machines that we use? Uh, but we had, to, we had to test it, we had to touch it, we had to see it. Okay, and, and that product was in Denver, Colorado. So we booked our flights. Uh, we, we were headed there to see the pitch, to see the unit. Um, the morning of my flights, I pulled up Denver in my phone and noticed that it was actually, the weather looked great. It was high 60s, low 70s. Um, and, even, and this was November, December of 2019. So I was looking forward to it. What I didn't realize is I had pulled up Denver, North Carolina, which was about 20 minutes from me in Charlotte, North Carolina. I did not pull up Denver, Colorado. So when we landed and I stepped off that plane with my ABC joggers and a T-shirt on, I was freezing. This was not high 60s, low 70s. This was Denver, Colorado in November, December. So that was the start of the trip. Uh, fast forward, we grabbed a coffee and we made our way into Denver. Uh, I can't remember the part of Denver. I just remember it being beautiful, outdoor, kind of like shopping district. Um, everything was around. It was it was gorgeous, but I, but I can't actually put a name to it. This is where the offices uh, of Climber, or the the beginning concept, whatever it was called at that time, where they where they lived. This is where we met Avram and his team, and what a pitch. Uh, we, we spent about an hour in a co-working space going over their visions, the prototype, the technology, the exercise science. And, and from there, uh, we, we, we jumped in a car with, with Avram and headed over to his personal residence. And you, you got to understand this. We pull into one of the more beautiful neighborhoods I've, I've ever seen. Um, and we are introduced to Avram's family. Um, he had a hockey rink in his basement, um, which was very cool for us. So you gotta you gotta think of all these kind of parts coming together, right? We're flying to Denver to see a product. Now we're in the co-founder's house and we're testing out the unit in his garage. And um, yeah, this was prototype one, and it was raw, but the technology was there, the modality was there, the unit had promise, and the industry has been craving something new. So all of this made sense to us. We, we, we weren't exactly sure how we could fit it into what we were doing, but we did want 
to explore that. Um, in some way, we wanted to be part of it because we knew there was some promise behind the, the concept, the, the, the unit, the modality, and specifically Team Climber. Um, so we decided to stay the night, obviously, and we had a tip from a friend to stay at the Ramble Hotel. Uh, the reason I wanted to stay there is I knew that they had a death and company uh, similar to the one in New York as part of the lobby bar. Um, so thought it was a great place to finish uh, a short 36-hour trip. So Kirk and I, our brains were all over the place. You know, how do we make this work? Does this work? Uh, we think there's an opportunity. You know, what could we do with it? Maybe we, maybe we actually just create a second concept uh, like a climber studio. Uh, we, we had so many thoughts. So long story short, we planned on having a nice evening, a nice dinner. We planned to share some bottles of wine um, to celebrate. Or I shouldn't say bottles, I guess, but bottle of wine. Um, and we happened to sit beside two um, Canadian businessmen that were traveling for work. We just we got, we got put at a table with them. And through casual conversation, um, our backgrounds of hockey came up, and they happened to be the biggest hockey fans, I think, in all of Canada. Well, that led to a very interesting evening, um, a lot of interesting conversations, and a lot of drinking. So to summarize this crazy 36 hours, um, from the point of freezing my ass off with my t-shirt on, to this amazing pitch uh, by Avram and his team to a violent hangover the next day. It was uh, it was a trip to remember. So I'm about to bring Avram on now. Um, the man is uh, impressive in an interesting way, um, and I think you'll find a lot of value uh, in his story and also his approach to business. Well, great to finally chat, Avram. Um, it's been a few years since we met in Denver. Um, I think you're going to have fun listening to my intro to this podcast that I'll record after. I have a funny series of events um, when we flew out uh, to see you of Cli- the beginning of Climber's Vision. I think that was late 2019. Would that be right? That's right. That's right. It was, I think, the fall. Yeah. Well, again, welcome. Um, since then, what a tremendous ride. It, it's been pretty wild to see what you guys have accomplished in such a short time. Um, let me say this. My goal today is to offer a little bit of a different kind of interview. And the reason I say this, I was traveling the last couple of days um, in my car to Raleigh. North Carolina, and I happened to listen to three podcasts you were on. One was with my friend, Eric Melzone. Um, I actually just caught up with him last week on his podcast, so I love Eric. Um, the other one was Joe Venari. Is that how you say it with Fit Insider? Yes, yes. yes. And I love their content, by the way. I don't know how they Incredible. put out so much content. Like, Yeah, they are. The, the Joe and Anthony are absolutely incredible. Yeah. And are such a inspiration and just a wealth of knowledge for the space. Absolutely. And they're young too, right? Like they are young. They are. Anyway, I love their stuff. And the, the final one was the, uh, I don't know the name, but it was the fitness business Asia podcast. Yes. 
Yeah. So that was a great podcast. And here, here's the thing. So they all were amazing podcasts, all had somewhat similar content. And I feel like, I don't, it's not saying that you would be getting bored of your own pitch, but if I could offer something different, like I'd love to take some of the talking points and, and kind of explore things like branding, um, the power of a singular focus, your, your ideas behind team building, you know, like, because there were some things that you had to give some short answers to, but I would love to actually hear some of those things that excite me. Are you open to that? I am open to it and would be honored to, to dive deep in any area you'd like to go. Okay, cool. Um, well, I get, we do have to do an intro, right? So for anybody that's been living under a, a rock, and the only reason I say, say that is because it seems like climbers everywhere at the moment. And how about just uh, introduce Climber, uh, the concept, the company to the listening audience, and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, so my name's Avram Elmakis. I'm uh, the co-founder and CEO of Climber. We are a fitness equipment company focused on the uh, vertical climbing modality. And we, uh, you know, we are now finally in market uh, and shipping product. And uh, it's a very exciting time and honored to be here with you. Yeah, very exciting. Um, and to kind of follow up on that, this isn't, uh, I mean, you've, from what I understand, you've been an entrepreneur for what it seems like forever. <laughs> um, can you touch on quick the, the, the journey of high-end dog treats to high-end connected fitness? Like, how, how does that come together? Yeah, so, you know, I, so let me start at the beginning. So I'm a first-generation American. Um, the proud son of two, um, African parents and, uh, you know, a really hard work ethic was instilled in me early on. And, um, and so I've always been creative, even prior to starting, uh, the dog tree company and, and just fascinated with kind of finding my own way, finding my own path. But the hallmark of what I think I'm good at Right. And we're we can only, unfortunately, be really good at a few things in this life is um, finding disruptive trends early and bringing them to market. And so I've got kind of an agnostic approach to what market that might be in. And so early in my entrepreneurial journey. You know, and, and another piece of what I do is I do things based on my own experiences and uh, and create products and uh, disruption from, from that place. And so early in my journey, my wife and I, prior to having kids, like many folks, had a couple of dogs as a trial run to make sure that we were responsible uh, parents <laughs> <laughs> and uh and frankly, we didn't find what we were looking for in the marketplace when it came to natural, you know, single ingredient, healthy dog treats and shoes. Now, mind you, this is back in 07, 08. Sure. So this was the emergence of this wave of healthy eating for people and their pets. And so we you know, we kind of came into the marketplace with a unique approach and it resonated with the consumer. 
uh, because there were many people like uh, Lauren and I. And the analog to that with Climber is, you know, as a triathlete and uh, a hardcore worker outer uh, throughout different phases of my life, uh, was able to experience everything from weight training to swimming to cycling and rowing and running and, and everything in between and stumbled across kind of the climbing modality. And that was kind of that aha moment for me again to say, boy, my experience here is my body feels good. I'm getting a really efficient, you know, hit training uh, from this modality. But wouldn't it be nice to share this with the world um, and create a product that's really unique and address and, uh, and addresses a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Sure. And so that's kind of how I would explain, you know, me as an entrepreneur and, and what I've been able to do. Yeah. And I think <clears throat> that's funny because my next note kind of says, uh, kind of entrepreneurship and, and being able to see opportunity. And I imagine the vision for climber was just as much an entrepreneurial opportunity as it uh, is, as you say, a, a biomechanical advantage in this uh, machine-based fitness world. So maybe talk about the opportunity you saw, and I think you, you have to talk about the limitations of your competitors in the machine space. It's just it's only natural to do so because that is the opportunity. So maybe maybe expand upon that. So I think the key to, uh, you know, growing and expanding successful businesses and products is starting with kind of a fundamental truth that you define through your own self-experimentation. And so just like I did at, at the Petreats, um, here, it, it was self-evident to me, right? Like, and so it's not this notion, I think a lot of times, you know, when I speak to aspiring entrepreneurs, it's this idea of, hey, I want to start a business and make a lot of money. And that's not right. The, the right thing is, how do I create a solution to a problem that maybe I'm having that maybe other people have? And, and if I can do that, then all the other things fall into place. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a fundamental thing that that, you know, um, has been helpful to me. And then when you go to the market, you you look whether you're going to create a product or a service or a gym or whatever it is you're going to create. You know, you look at your field and you say, can I make this so different and so much better? and educate so many people on the, the value proposition here that it, it kind of becomes self-evident to, to everybody. Yeah. And the, and the best analog I use is Tesla, right. Uh, as a car company, right. They're, you know, they, they've never had a television commercial. They've never had an online advertisement yet they're worth more than every other car company put together. And it speaks to the product 
being something that really resonates with the customer such that that customer wants to share that experience with with their entire network yeah and i think that's you know how i would explain you know climber in terms of our competition very limited mm -hmm. there was one major player that i was aware of at the time i started this company called versa climber and you know great company not taking anything away from them they were the you know kind of original equipment if you will right just like the model t was the original car but it became evident to me that there was this you know incredible opportunity to redefine what that modality was and could be and so that is is kind of the the beginning or the genesis if you will of you know the blood sweat and tears that go into all of our entrepreneurial journeys sure uh so hopefully that's helpful yeah i think i think that's good and and you know what like um i guess i guess the versa climber part of the evolution is, is you don't have to do something first but can always do it better. Um, I think the biomechanical advantage I'm talking about that, you know, I can speak to, but hearing, you know, it come from your, in your own words, it, it's, it's the comparison to the stationary bike. Um, it is the, uh, the, even what a rower can do and even, uh, say, say a treadmill or a skier, like at metabolic, we use, in concert, all the concept to machines. And I think together it becomes a very balanced um, uh, complement within the program. But if we're talking about you have the money to buy a single piece of equipment to use at home, how about those biomechanical advantages versus just the treadmill, just the rower, just the... I don't even know what else I said. This the spin bike. You, you know, know so I mean? there's so many different. So, <laughs> so it's what I refer to as a C, right? Like there's this C of optionality for all of us to look at. But I start my journey by looking at, I have a stand-up desk at my office. And why do I stand at work and then want to sit down to exercise? So that was kind of something that really always kind of hit me. And then you think about, we're all human beings. There's two things that we all know how to do without any learned behavior. We come out and we crawl in a contralateral pattern, which many agree is responsible for our cognitive incline, mm -hmm. right? And we know how to stand upright and walk. Everything else we learn, right? We don't know how to ride a bike. We don't know how to row on a rower. We don't know how to use any of these other things. And so my fundamental thesis is this return to a very primal movement in a standing position without impact and doing something where the whole body is in motion, where we remove the user's ability to intuit form on kind of half the body. Yeah. So if we were to take a video at any gym, at any home, everyone looks a little different on a rower, on a bicycle, on a treadmill. 
And unfortunately, the result of that, you know, can can lead to injury, right? Um, and so what what I'm attempting to do here is really uh, return to primal movement with an enhanced safety profile and allow people to get a really good full body workout in a small footprint in less time. Yeah, and you said safety there, and it's interesting. At our company, we use uh, three words uh, similar to you, uh, the way you do. So we, we use strength, structure, and accountability. Strength being our program, structure, the operational systems, and the accountability is <clears throat> kind of the team of experts. And I've heard you reference safety, efficiency, and elegance. And I think when I originally heard this it was it was the way you're describing the craftsmanship of the actual unit the machine but the more i've seen the company develop when it when i talk about the branding the clean lines the strategic partnerships i almost feel like like safety efficiency and an elegant and an elegant design or just elegance it's almost like their uh core values to climber as a company like is that a fair statement they are. They're the kind of the principles. And rather than just elegance, I would define it as space. Okay. Right. And I would say, you know, what inspires us, right, as people and, and it's design, right? It is the elegance of, you know, uh, how does something make us feel emotionally when we see it, right? And so for me, it was you know, it had to be form and function. It couldn't be one or the other. So it has to be, you know, and with Climber, it's the kind of thing where, and I'm looking at one now out of my office, you haven't seen anything that looks like it because we invented it. And it's, it's this kind of thing that kind of like inspires you, it calls to you. It's, it's, it's unique. And I say space because whether we're a, a gym or we're an at-home user, space in the horizontal world is limited mm-hmm. and it's expensive. And so it was important to me to de- design something with my team that took up as little space as possible, but yet still had beautiful lines and was appealing to look at and inspires conversation, mm-hmm. right? And so everybody's seen a bike, a treadmill, a rower, a lot of these other products. And so it's, it's again, it's that sea of sameness. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I like to believe that we're just kind of a, the unicorn in the crowd, if you will. It's slick. <laughs> it's very slick. Um, <clears throat> as far as safety, um, something I do want to wanna, uh, talk about is I, I think you, you talk about spinal health often. Um, so number one, like to you, if you were to define biomechanical spinal health, what would, how would you describe that? It's trying to keep the spine in as neutral position as possible, right? Because we're meant to be upright beings. And the minute that we sit down, right, we create compression. And the minute that we create that compression and then bend over, we create kind of a pull. Uh, on the spine. And so for me, it's about, you know, I definitely subscribe to the ability to move throughout a lifetime, 
right? It's not just when I'm an athlete, it's not when I'm a mom or dad, but it's throughout the entire lifetime, right? And what's what's important is maintaining, in my opinion, and in many people's opinion, kind of a neutral spine position and not creating any compression or uh, force on that spine. Yeah. And the reason I ask is this is a selfish ask. Um, I'm very interested um, for my father to hear this. I, I think this unit could be a tremendous piece of equipment for him. Um, I'm going to have fun putting my dad in a box here, but I, I want to use him as, <laughs> you know, use him as a metaphor. Um, so Bob Cullen is is that type A go-getter um, that believes like sweat is the fabric of life, right? I, own a lot, I owe a lot of my work ethic to just watching him lead by example. Um, <clears throat> but he's also a little bit uh, stubborn. So on, on this uh, sweaty pursuit, you know, he spent the first, God, I would say 30 to 40 years of his life running his knees off right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then he, you know, there's no rest in, in his mind. It just, that's not a thing, which, which is okay. <laughs> but he spent the next 10 years or so ellipticaling his hips off. And now he's in the process of cycling his spine in, into submission. Right. And, and I hope, I hope my dad can laugh at himself um, <laughs> when he hears this because it's all love. He, he, he knows I would say this to him, but we'd, we'd have a good chuckle about it. My sister will probably be crying listening to this, but um, <clears throat> knowing that there could be more weight coming from someone who's not the son, right? We all know how that works. Like, um, can you tell the bobs of the world about climbers' unique advantage um, for this spinal health? Um, and I know you somewhat answered that kind of on the way into this, but from what you're seeing out there, what is, what is um, well, let's compare Peloton. Um, it's, it's, it's a hot topic to talk about. What is, what is climber offering that a, a sit-down cycle is not? Well, I mean, let's start at the beginning, right? Sure. Like, I think, unfortunately, in our society, we equate sweat and caloric deficit with result. Yeah. And while that result might be calorically achieved, which, in my opinion, is not, you know, necessarily the only valid measure of success, a lot of times you can achieve that sweat while you're injuring yourself, yeah. right? whether that's weight training, cycling, whatever it is, right? If, if you're not in proper form. And so I think it gets back to how do you create limited impact on the body? You know, how do you create the widest total addressable market, right? And I think it's, it's, it's critical, right? And so when you look at something where you're requiring somebody to sit down and then bend over, what we know is two things. The spine around the neck, which is typically focused down when we're on a stationary bicycle, and the spine around the lower back, which is kind of pulled forward, are, you know, it's, it's challenging for people. I mean, the number one MSK issue in the United States today is low back pain. Sure. And the worst thing we can do if we have low back pain is not do anything. And that's what we're finding 
with a lot of people like, you know, your father's very similar to my mother, right? She's had a knee replacement, a hip replacement, climbs every day, right? Nice. And so the, the interesting thing here is movement has to continue throughout the entire life to increase mobility, flexibility, and longevity, right? I, I really do believe that. And I believe that if you can do that with a tool that causes less injury, you're, you're creating something unique. Yeah. And so not only is it that safety, but it's also the efficiency, right? So hopefully we can all agree when we're sitting down to exercise on a bicycle and we've got wheels there for momentum, we're not going to be as efficient with our time as, as a product where we're standing up and using our entire body, right? So it's really, it's got to be this symphony, if you will, of, of, of different things. And I, I'm a, a, a lifelong believer in self-experimentation. And so I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, this is, the, this is better than this one and here's why. Try the product. Sure. It becomes self-evident in the first 90 seconds. Yep. And you know what I love? <clears throat> I actually love your comparison to swimming. Um, I swim two days a week, but I, I, I will say, and, and I can, I can laugh at myself here. I mean, it's, it started to get cold in Charlotte. So that walk to the pool, um, in the morning, I I'm pretty good at talking myself out of that, uh, everyone, yeah. but there is not an exercise that <clears throat> when I finish that my body feels, um, it feels worked, but it feels good. It, it's not sore. So I love that comparison. Uh, um, you know, it was the first machine that you found that at home um, could, could, could be compared to swimming. And, you know, the other thing, too, that's weird about swimming is it's, it's such a skill-based um, modality. Uh, I remember you talked about triathlons. Like, I actually had to take master classes to learn how to swim efficiently and, and to just tell the general public, well, hey, dad, you should just swim. Um, that's, that's a big reach. You know what I mean? There's, there's a lot that takes someone to get into the pool. I don't even know if, um, you know, you could convince half, half of the world that swimming is a good workout because you can't fit, you can't feel your sweat in this and that it actually takes, it's, it's all, it's weird, right? It's, it takes you to get good at swimming to understand how valuable it can be. So I do love that comparison um, to swimming. I don't know if there's anything else you want to want to say. It was to that. the only, yeah, it was the only thing that I felt like again through my personal self experimentation that gave me that same feeling. Yeah, and if I talk to the best. CrossFit athletes in the world, the best weight trainers in the world, the best cardio athletes in the world, they would all tend to agree that swimming, as we know, has no impact associated with it. And it's just a really, really productive workout because your entire body is in motion through the core. Yeah. You know, and so to me, that's the you know, I liken climber to kind of like swimming on land, if you will. Right. It's, uh, and it's, it's hard, right. Cause swimming is not, 
you know, I, I was, uh, I moved to Denver, Colorado from Richmond, Virginia, so not too far from Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And I used to put a wetsuit on and get into the James River. And that was my endless swimming pool. Oof. And it is hard to motivate to do that every day. And, um, but I will say that those were the best workouts for, for me yeah. in terms of the result. And then again, to your point, there was never a time when I got out of the river or got out of the pool and I said, man, my back hurts, my knees hurt, my, you know, yeah, you know, it was always clean, yep. right? It was, it was a clean, efficient workout. Yeah. It's an, it's an interesting buzz. It, I, I think it's very unique swimming. Um, <clears throat> let me ask you this then, just from a numbers side of things, like, Say I wanted to surprise my father who lives in Canada. Are, are we shipping to Canada first and to like an all-in um, connected at-home experience for the Canadian consumer? Who, what would that run them? So we, we are shipping to Canada. Okay. We have a partner in Canada called the Treadmill Factory. I know them. Uh, which is one of the largest distributors of you know, exercise equipment in, in Canada. Um, and I believe it's still twenty seven ninety nine, dollars Okay. And $39 a month. Nice. If you want to unlock the video on demand library, another really uniquely climber thing is I don't believe in requiring people to have a subscription. I want to earn their business. Right. So we give everybody kind of a month of that free, but you still have an incredible amount of utility without ever unlocking that, which is so unique and counterintuitive in this world of connected fitness devices. Sure is. Um, and were you, were you saying that price tag is the same as same thing? Say I wanted to put one at, um, um, my place here. What, what are we looking at for that? Still all 20, yeah, twenty seven ninety nine. Now we run promos all the time, so you can, you know, follow us on you know different channels and and look at the website. But re average regular retail price is twenty seven ninety nine. Okay, awesome. All right, well let's. I want to dive into some fun stuff. So number cool. one, branding. Um, I forget who said this once, but there there's some version of this quote that says sometimes it's often more important to lead with style before substance. And I always thought that was like an interesting way to, you know, talk about the viral buzz of a company. Um, So you guys, before there was um, the unit people could touch, there was a, there was a, there was a buzz. Uh, There was a look, there was like, I, 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 like I, I, the, the, the text, the branding, the website, the Instagram account, minimal, clean, sexy. Um, so how do you decide what came first, I guess, the product or the look? Did it, was it all in concert with one another? But I'd like to get an idea on, because like I think, the branding that you guys are putting out there, everything from the, the, the apparel line to the website, to the Instagram account, like 
it's beautiful. It's my style. I'm a minimalist. I, so like, talk to me about that minimalist feel and, and kind of generating a buzz before you can actually bring the substance of what the machine brings. Well, I would say it's, you know, uh, I, I can't take credit for the brand, right? We, I can take credit for selecting an incredibly talented group of people, uh, which is called Cactus, um, for helping define the brand and the brand guidelines and the logo nice. and, and kind of the look and feel. Uh, but they've been dear friends for many years and I love their work. And so, you know, as you find inspiration in your entrepreneurial journey, you tend to, you know, uh, work with people with similar values and ideals. And, and so, you know, the success, uh, of the brand is, you know, it starts with, you know, kind of that creation. Right. And, um, and we were, we just knew, right. When you see, you know, all of the names that we could have picked for the company and you see all of the logo typefaces that we could have picked for the company. And then you see what we picked. It's like, you just know, yeah, right. You know, it's like one of those, like, aha, here it is, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it's, to me, it's about finding the right partners, right? Business isn't about doing it yourself, right? You know, no one's successful at scale by themselves, in my opinion. Um, and so it, it's been this great partnership and it started there. And then, you know, uh, it's one of those guiding principles. Like everything goes through this lens of, is it climber? Yeah. Because there's a lot of things that are not, that yeah, we turn down. There's a lot of things we could do, right, that that might make us lots of money that that don't don't make sense. And, oh. and I think it's that purity of, of, you know, focus and vision and um, that, that yields success, regardless of industry, re- regardless of, um, you know, what you may be working on. It's very funny you said that. So I often talk about America's obsession with average, um, I think we're real good at average products that speak to the average individual. And I also realize how awful and arrogant that sounds, saying that out loud. Um, But I don't think I'm out of line saying average is often our baseline. Um, Average sells, and average is the most competitive (laughs) market segment in North America. And yet, as far as I could tell, Climber wants nothing to do with average, even if it you know, if excellence, ex- like I can make an argument that shooting for excellence can actually stunt your growth. Um, and average is actually a smarter approach to scale at times. If you, like you said, you're trying to just make some quick money, but from the branding to the design to your strategic partnerships, I feel like it's fairly certain to say the term average is not a part of climbers vocabulary. Is that, is that true i don't i don't average doesn't get me out of bed in the morning yeah right average doesn't uh doesn't appeal to our team right you you we've created and crafted a um an incredible collection of minds and people and thoughts 
that are all belief and mission oriented in the pursuit of the best of everything, right? And by giving that group of people focus, right? There's never gonna be a bike. There's never gonna be a treadmill. There's never gonna be a rower, regardless of how much money I could make. Yeah. Selling those things, it just can't be, right? I think it creates an environment that breeds excellence, that requires it, that um, that makes you want to work, you know, more than forty hours a week, right? Average isn't um, yeah. isn't what we do, um, and I don't think the best products and the best companies, you know, that are built for the long haul. Are, are focused on the average. I couldn't agree more. <clears throat> and I mean, I, I'm in this, I'm in franchising, right? So, so it's a, it's, it's a constant conversation of like, you know, when you go to scale, how do you maintain things? And, um, <clears throat> usually people outside of the brand are trying to get you more to average than the people that are around yeah. the brand with you. But, um, it's just nice yeah. to hear that from someone else. I, I, here's something else I hope you can help me with. Cause I deal with this trying to explain this. How am I going to position? I'm just going to say it. So often when I hear in your interviews and in some of the literature, it's very easy to, easy to show how climber is designed for everybody. I think actually when you go on the website, it says like in big, is it, is it designed for everyone or do, something like designed that? Designed for every, designed for everybody. Yes. And so, the, and the, and the key tagline for our business is reach for greatness. I love it. Right. And so neither of those things, excuse me, I should say both of those things apply to all of us, right? From somebody who's never done anything to somebody recovering to somebody who's a professional athlete. Yes. We can all reach a little bit more, and it's in, it was critical to me that this could be equally relevant to my parents and grandparents as it is to professional athletes. So how do you have the conversation that we get pressed with when someone says, hey, Brandon, you know, you preach at Metabolic that this is accessible and scalable to everybody, but your website and your Instagram account, all it has is beautiful athletic fit people everywhere. <laughs> and and it's, it's, this, it's this push and pull of accessibility versus building a, a, a sexy and inspiring enough brand that people want to be a part of. And it's easy to explain to an entrepreneur building why you need a website and an Instagram account to look a specific way. And, and to be honest, let's, the last couple of years has been the, the temperature of the country has changed. There's more need for accessibility and all that. But like, I love <clears throat> your image more than everything, but do you find times it's, it's at odds with this can be for everyone, but check out how cool our Instagram account looks. Do you ever, do you, do you struggle selling that like I do? You know, I guess you, I guess you could say we struggle with that, but like, it's just as relevant to me to have, you know, somebody who's got MS in their sixties and, and on the Instagram account getting benefit as it is to, 
you know, uh, to have this supermodel type person, you know, on the Instagram account, because I think, you know, different images, right? Different, you know, we, we all perceive images and they all elicit different emotions, right? So, um, I, I guess you could say that, yeah. but I think, I think we've made a conscious effort to really, I mean, if you look at our website and you look at our social media, um, to not only have the, you know, the perfect athletes and, and people with, you know, the, the sages on the stage, right. That's an old adage along with, you know, along with the everyday people who are, you know, Hey, I'm looking to exercise again for the first time in years. Yep. You know, um, it's a concert, right? There isn't a right answer, right? There's no judgment, right? But I think it's, I think it's a concert. Yeah, I agree. And, and also too, I think that, like you said, the recent storytelling, and this is what sometimes people don't under understand, like you do have to do stuff early to get noticed. It just, it's part of what you need to do, whether your tone is a bit more aggressive or your imagery is a little bit more sexy and all that. But I, do, I have noticed the storytelling um, on the account um, showing this more <clears throat> accessible and diverse approach. But I've always found like people would be like, well, why are, why is your website so, in-? and I'm talking about me now, Brandon, why is your website so intimidating? And why is the people so athletic? And I'm like, well, we are running a fitness brand that's chasing excellence and it's kind of what you have to do, but trust me, it is, it is accessible. Um, you gotta have both. Yeah. Is what I would say. You yeah. gotta have yeah. both because you don't want anybody to be uncomfortable and say, you know what? That's only for people that look this way for sure. And therefore I'm not going to try it. Right. Because my biggest thing is just try it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I think so many times we just have, these preconceived biases, you know, like I, you know, give you two quick examples. I told a friend the other day, Hey, I'm going down to Mexico for vacation. Oh, be careful. You know, it's very dangerous there. And I said, well, have you ever been? No, no, but I (laughs) hear very dangerous. And another example is, you know, I was telling a friend, well, Hey, I'm going to have Indian food uh, for night. Well, man, that's just so spicy. I I don't know how you eat it. Uh, Have you ever tried it? No, no, but (laughs) You know, and so it, it, you know, we've, we've got to get back to more of our intellect, right? More to our experiences um, rather than, you know, just having these biases and preconceived notions of, of what things might be like. What a perfect segue because I was just about to bring up the social versus digital experience um i loved here's what's really interesting to me so we're going to talk about studio climber here in a second but as of now it you know the at home version of this seems to be the, the biggest one that's catching fire for everybody to see but in one of these interviews you said i'm a subscriber to people being social by their nature I think there's a time and a place for the convenience of an at-home workout, but I also think there's a time and place for congregation and community and being part of an environment. Um, 
part, part of an, in an environment with other people and everything in between. So I love that you are confident enough to just say that out loud with a very disruptive at-home product as well. So maybe expand upon, you know, social versus digital. I think there's some pretty damn hard lines right now, and it sometimes forces you to get confrontational because, you know, when when, when the world was trying to tell me that Peloton was going to put me out of business, it's, it was a little bit laughable, right? Like, I agree. <laughs> Completely laughable. Because here's what's funny about humanity and human beings is we are social by our nature. We are magnetic and we require proximity to others. And there's a time for convenience, right? And there's a time for congregation. And what you're going to find with me is a contrarian approach to a lot of things in, you know, amongst my peer group. I don't believe in just that home fitness and I don't believe in just, you know, uh, boutique fitness or floor based fitness. I believe in everything. Yeah. I believe there's a time and a place for every, uh, thing for all of those reasons. Right. And, you know, that's why we have, um, a brick and mortar and we're going to continue to expand that rapidly. So you'll see a lot more of those around the United States here very shortly. Um, but I, I believe that the experience of fitness is, is and must be omni, omni-channel, right? There's times when I jump out of bed and I'm like, you know what? I want to just kind of throw on a pair of shorts and just get my workout and <laughs> work right. at home. And there's times where I'm like, you know what? I want that energy. I want that feeling. I want that congregation. Right. It, neither's right. Neither's wrong. Neither's better. Neither's worse. Yeah. They both exist and, and should. Right. And so I'm, I'm very passionate about this topic. So it kills me when I hear my peers <laughs> say, Oh yeah, we're going to put all these gyms out of business because that will never happen. Well, it's, it, and it's the same thing as I have this, uh, I don't want to say argument, but conversation with people all the time from the, the work from home push. Like I, I get there's some people that are going to love to work from home. I, I'm not that person. So I'm never going to be a work from home person. I love being in in the presence of people and figuring stuff out on a, on a, on a whiteboard with a marker. I, I really enjoy that. But the, the blanket statements of, Oh God, in office works done forever. Well, I, don't, I don't think not so. True. <laughs> you know? Not true. Not yeah. true. Because proximity can never be replaced. We are not meant to be alone. That's my belief. Right. I'm a very opinionated person. And I would say that I believe that people need to be with other people I, at times. And at times they can be alone. And yes. at times there's value in both. Yes. I, so great to hear. Um, uh, so you talked about the brick and mortar. Um, that is, will be named Studio Climber, right? Yep. Can you and we t- have one open today in... Uh, in Denver. Is that the, the one we went to? It just converted? It is not. Okay. Yeah, no, it is not. It's a completely rebooted, refreshed experience where 
we actually partnered with a uh, uh, a weight type company called Techno Gym. Okay. That has you know so we've incorporated th- these classes. It's kind of like a boot camp where your hit your cardio portion is the climber, and then you've got kind of a uh, a weight. Um, I don't know how you describe it. Uh, it's like a, a, a box, if you will, with all sorts of different sizes of dumbbells. And, oh, I think uh, I know what it is. Is it, um, I think it's a competitor to Fitbench. Does that sound right? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yes. So we use, we use both products. We use Fitbench, incredibly good company. Yeah. Love those guys and, and gals and also Technogym. Yeah, we talked with Foot, Foot, uh, Fitbench extensively when we thought we were going to have to provide a digital solution in, in the thick of it. Um, so I, they're they're very great people. This this actually brings up an interesting thing. Then, so number one is is Studio Climber going to be a franchise model or corporately owned? You know, for right now, corporately owned. Okay, uh, but anything's possible. All right. What about did you? Are you going to be at odds with any of the initial affiliations? Um, you know, anybody that may have, let's say a, let's say a Pilates studio that added climbing as part of their offering, and kind of they bought into you guys. Like, I don't know how that works. Was there an affiliation, or was it just no? They were buying the product, doing their thing with it. Like, do they? Are they we at want- risk? No, we want people to do their thing. Okay. Meaning, you know, you can find a climber at Lifetime Fitness and at Equinox as easily as your CrossFit, as easily as Studio Climber, and and everything in between. Because I'm I believe in democratization and I believe in accessibility. Okay. And everybody's gonna use it as a tool the way they see the most benefit for their business. Right. And so we, it's, we, we want people to do what they want to do. Yeah. Uh, We're not, we're not saying to that Pilates studio, Hey, you have to use it this way or, or not, or, you know, I mean, we've seen everything from climbers and bicycles, climbers and yoga, climber and pilates you know there's no attachment to that okay so it's not the um what is it the the mega former platform where they almost like sell zip codes and then you can't go into zip codes and no, that kind no, of thing. no okay no nothing like that no <laughs> what about um this is interesting because i'm going to kind of i'm writing notes uh as you're speaking because this is going to i think it's going to challenge a, a note that i wanted to ask you about was um so what um what you talk someone asked you a very pointed question about adding um a bike a treadmill i think it was uh the fit podcast and you you were like it was pretty much saying do you plan on adding additional products under the climber banner you were like no and I'm like, oh, I love this. And then you said something uh, very eloquent about having a singular focus can make you a more focused team and company as a whole. So I'm a massive believer in this singular focus um, and doing one thing and doing it really, really well. So can I have your take on that 
uh, it's just a position of a way to live. And I'd love to hear what you think about that singular idea and singular focus and exhausting that potential before trying anything else. I think um, so many times, right, we are easily distracted. We are constantly searching for the new shiny penny. And we want to be everything to everybody. And that does not breed success, in my opinion. What breeds success is, you know, finding what you're really, really good at and being the best at it, right? And so that's why I can confidently say, and and you can hold me accountable to this, and I'll answer it the same way every time, we are not a platform company. We will not be launching other modalities. I love that. I actually, I want, remind me, send me your, um, I'll, I'm going to sync up the after, send me your address because I had a unique opportunity to write a chapter and a book about this and I'd love to send you it to see your thoughts. So. Would love it. Okay. Um, I I think focus is an important thing for all of us. You know, it breeds consistency. You can be persistent and you can, uh, you can get better alignment with your team and your customer, and then you can get better and better and better at your product. I mean, I look at a product like the iPhone. It's beautiful. It's designed well. And now we're on the 13 Pro Max S, whatever the yeah. hell the new uh, <laughs> thing is, right? And But it's still an iPhone, and they're focused and obsessed over making that product better and better and better and better. Yeah. And look at the success they've had as a result of that focus, you know, and and that's what I'm trying to emulate. And that's what I think is important. That's awesome. So if you think of that, then if you think of studio climber and adding a weight component, um, I think someone trying to make a point could say, you know, is that showing the limitations of the machine? Uh, so would you say it's showing limitations or versatility um, bringing in the techno bench? Uh, and I guess the dumb question is, are, are we saying that we need resistance training because this is not doing enough? Or is this just showing how, ver- in your opinion, is it showing the versatility of the machine versus the limitations? I think it's both. Yeah. Right. I think it's both. I, I don't believe that it's just one thing, right? Just like I'm a hybridist in the sense that, you know, you can't just have at-home fitness and you can't just have gym fitness, right? You have to have everything. And so I'm not going to uh, play around and say that the climber is going to replace lifting 40-pound dumbbells because I believe that weight-bearing exercise is also very important to our long-term health, yeah, right? It's... And I can't, and I can't provide that, right? I've got resistance on the machine, but it's not going to take the place of a of a pair of twenty-five pound dumbbells or fifty-pound dumbbells or whatever. And I'm not, and I'm not going to say that it's, you know, I'm not one of these absolute type people. Sure, it's just going to sure. say, well, this is all you're ever going to need. I mean, this is a very versatile tool, and I think it's best in class. But I think there's, I think that there, it's important to add, you know, 
uh, weight training. So for our clients in the in the that are looking and seeking that in person interaction, we're trying to provide them with what we believe is a holistic training program. No, it's a, it's so refreshing. Like to be honest, it, it's it's great to hear because, I, and I'll be transparent with with you right here. When we left Denver, we. we um, after seeing the, the, the Gen 1, is that what you'd call it? Gen 1? It was, it, was our first, that... it was our very first prototype. And I love, I love people like you, Brandon, because, you know, we talked a little bit before we started here. You were in my garage <laughs> at my home. Yep. And that's the way every business should be born, regardless of your prior success. Yeah. Right. So you were on prototype, what we call prototype one of five different prototypes. Now we're on what we call gen one. Okay. And we're, we're making our way quickly to gen two, you know, and then there'll be gen three. But yeah, you were, you were there with the first in the metal machine uh, that we ever produced. Well, this is, this is wild to just see it. And, and I know we were, um, congratulating one another at the at you know off offline before we hit record but when i when i got on a plane with my partner the next day to come back to charlotte from denver after this denver and garage experience and seeing the unit where we struggled was i I talked about we use the concept two machines all three of them we use them very well and we apply that to some pretty strength bias interval training as much as i loved climber I was trying to understand with this business and vision that we had built, how do you now disrupt the one machine that doesn't share the same monitor that all these like real business decisions, right? We, I said to Kirk, we better decide to do this quick um, because this is happening and it's going to happen on our block at some time. So why don't we, even if we don't put it in a metabolic studio, why don't we talk about doing a climber studio? And But you know what it came down to, Avram? It's like you only have so much bandwidth to then yep. create a new product, and we are f- still fine-tuning our product. So, yep. And yep. you know what's weird? I'm like, I know one day I'm going to say, God damn it, we should, we should have figured out something. But that's just a testament to the, the original vision in your garage that spoke to us on such a small level. There wasn't Jay-Z. There wasn't Pitbull, Djokovic, the UFC. There wasn't Gen 1. There wasn't this beautiful branding and Instagram account. Like It was a hunk of metal that made sense. We didn't even have a website. <laughs> I had, I had the first thing out of the metal with a wobbly tablet holder and no real tablet yeah, and a PDF image on it. Yeah. And, you know, you, you saw the, you know, now there was a year before you, you came that we were focused on intellectual property and, and design and engineering work, but you, you got to be a part and see the yeah. genesis of something which is so exciting and so unique so cool well how about those uh, those partnerships i i threw out there um i know your answer to this right because I, i've listened to the, the podcast and, and and you you discuss how your 
now strategic partnerships or investor pool it's well documented it's beyond impressive but you also talk about it being a very like authentic nature so jay-z pitbull Djokovic, uh chad hurley uh ufc my favorite sport um the big thing for you is right these people use the product it's not just a it's hey, gotta be that yeah it's gotta be authentic if it's not authentic i don't want it i don't want to talk about it yeah and i don't want to do it it's got to be real so right these people use this product right we're in the ufc performance institutes these are some of the best athletes that the world has to offer and they train on this device it's wild right and uh it's authentic and i was with forrest griffin last week who's who's a guy that i grew up admiring and watching now a ufc hall of famer and you know working for the ufc and you know uh it's just it's hard to explain when people that you admire and look up to you know are, are saying thank you for creating something that provides me with a lot of value yeah now as a retired aging fighter and for our new and upcoming fighters it's just it's an amazing thing it's pretty crazy i mean i literally remember renting ufc one from blockbuster and i've probably seen 200 out of the 270 now like it's still my favorite sport and funny enough um when i was training for my professional hockey career as part of like cross training i worked out in this um uh muay thai uh, type of kickboxing gym in downtown Buffalo. And that's where I was uh, introduced to the Versa climber. They would sprinkle it yeah. in just as like, as part of a, a finishing kind of circuit and would, you know, yeah. you know, you know the story, it murders you yeah. when you're not used yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, but it's just crazy to hear all that, you know, full circle. Cause like we're talking 20 years. Um, if, if I'm looking back on when I was on this machine. So, and now seeing it, yeah. it's just cool. Just cool to see. Um, yeah. All right. Well, listen, we're getting, we're right at about the 60 minute um, point. Um, I I want to respect everybody's time. Um, But one of the things you talk about as your role as a CEO, I thought we were going to go somewhere with it earlier, but I want to make sure I say this. I think you've said that, you know, you're great at building teams and you believe in teams and you believe in the strength of teams. You, you, is that your number one quality as, as a leader is, is being able to build teams? Is, is that the thing that uh, you believe you have? I think, you know, if you've got a product, an idea, a service that you're offering that other people can believe in, mm-hmm. that it calls people to service, right? That it's no longer a job. That's important, right? So that's the fundamental piece that we've got to keep in mind beyond that it's giving people space and autonomy to do what they do really well right and trusting them and unless they show you who they are then you have to believe them and say hey you know i need you to come back to the fold here (laughs) you know but you know it's it, it it's it's a it's a thing that you experience and you learn as a leader you you can't get taught it it's not in a book right and uh you 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 learn it after 
you know, managing and dealing with lots of different people and lots of different personalities over the course of lots of years, right? And um, cultivating that is, 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 I think, a strength um, that, you know, helps, you know, create success, right? Yeah. You know, I don't tell people, hey, you've got to work to, you know, this time of the day, or these are the 14 things you need to do this week, right? Um, <clears throat> I don't believe in that. I believe that if you believe, you're going to give it your all. And uh, that's, a, that's a very special thing when that, when that starts to take hold. I'm going to finish with something that could come off like a little weird. Uh, and one of the most unique things I noticed about um, meeting with you, yeah, this is going to definitely sound weird, is, is that I remember saying it to Kirk. I was like, there was something about your voice and your presence like in person. <clears throat> um, even like this, um, there's a genuine like tone and even like your pacing is, is very different that draws people into a conversation with you. And I almost feel like people want to get behind what you are supporting, what you are passionate about, that that, that, that idea of influence is such an amazing gift. And, and I, you know, being in a room with you, uh, it was about as strong as I have ever seen. So I think the way I'd like to close this is I hope that, you know, your, your voice, your tone, and, and your pacing really spoke to people today on this show because I know I got a lot of value out of it and I just you know I, I can't thank you enough for you know having having an hour with you um so I just yeah I wanted to say thank you for your time um as we close well, up here you know I would say I'm honored I think you're gracious with your words and I believe them and um congrats on your success and I hope that there's some value here and um and thank you for having me well, it was a pleasure, Avram, and I am, in, to use a bad pun, I am excited to watch this climb. <laughs> and we'll <laughs> leave too. it there. <laughs> Me too. All right, my friend. Thank you. Talk soon. Okay. Bye-bye. This podcast is sponsored by Metabolic, the industry's first and only strength-driven interval training franchise. For more information, please visit metabolic.com. That is M-A-D-A-B-O-L-I-C.com.